Saturday, the 2nd of June, 2018. This is Craft Beer Radio, episode 466. Greg's impressed that I got the date right and the episode number right. Even though you switched them up. Welcome, everybody, to Craft Beer Radio. We're in a uh, empire state of mind. <laughs> We're finishing up the rest of these uh, New York ones, and uh, including a Gary beer as well. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to having some beers tonight. It was a long day out on the soccer field and at the deck hockey rink, and uh, now we got beers. Uh, a lot of IPAs again. It's just you know, it's a state of state of life that we're in, where mm-hmm. you go buy interesting beers and they just turn out to be mostly IPAs. But we do have some neat things. We got a hoppy pills, and we have a um, saison, some saison thing, and then. So, but let's start with one of these IPAs. Do you have an idea on where to start? Probably should have this can sitting upside down since they put the label on it upside down. <laughs> they probably want the. It's a hazy, turbid. Some it actually calls it a turbid. They call IPA. it turbid, yeah. So they probably like want all the the funk and the gunk and the stuff in it. Like yeah. this pilsner seems like a good place to start, but I want to use it as an aperitif. I I agree. Um, How about this tools of the trade? Okay. It's an extra XPA. So this is from Industrial Arts Brewing Company. Uh, just a pale ale, or they, I guess they're calling it an extra pale ale. Uh, 4.9% alcohol by volume. We've had this conversation before, like years and years ago, last time we had an extra pale ale. Is it extra pale ale, or is it an extra pale ale? Right. And there's no, no good answer. I think extra pale for this one. Look how it like has a kind of a pilsnery type, look, uh, golden clearness to it. Big flo- look at that head. It looks. If someone poured this into my glass, I'd call this a pils for sure. Yeah, it looks kind of lagerish. But look, I mean, look at the head's big and pillowy and shaving cream like. Do you? It the, almost smells pilsner. I don't know if it's the suggestion, but the very first sniff at the beginning, I was getting this pilsner malt, and then after that, the continental or American hops, right? It got kind of citrusy, mm-hmm. kind of mangoey, or something like that. But really, right up the front, I was smelling the pilsner malt. Maybe that's how they get it extra pale or extra pale ale. Or does X stand for something completely different? We're just assuming it's I don't extra. Know. Here's the marketing speak. Tools of the trade brings alluring aromas of citrus grove and a clean, snappy bite that keeps you coming back for more. It's brewed with whole hot flowers and a single pale malt. Okay. Um, this is the one we drink every day, 4.9% alcohol by volume. This was uh, canned on April 19th, so a little more than a month old. Like I said, when I was in New York, paid very close attention to the dates. Yeah, it's it's surprisingly hard to have that discipline, especially when you're in a new place with like a wall full of like, oh, I gotta get this, I gotta get that. These days, not anymore. These days, that that is like the the primary thing I'm looking at, and there there will be beers yeah. that I will just you know they'll you're, look interesting to me in it, but I will reject them if I don't. You're a better man than me because I'll get there and the excitement will take over, and I will forget, and I will buy the beers. <laughs> So this is this is pretty light and you know more along the refreshing lines. It's mm-hmm. not really meant to to over to overpower you, uh, at, or to blast you into space. Um, I see where extra pale ale comes from in this case. It's this is this is to me like the the sessionable ideal. Yeah, and so yeah, this is different than a session IPA, right? Because it's not as astringent and like, mm-hmm. so it has kind of a. It's interesting. So they say it has a single pale malt. They don't say whether that's Pilsner malt or not. I'm still torn because I'm still getting kind of like the feel, the beginning, like that kind of um, crackery taste at the beginning that's kind of reminiscent of Pilsner's, but it's like not exactly. It's, it doesn't taste too Pilsner-y to me. It tastes okay. more French bready, if anything. Okay. Um, hmm. It, it does kind of seem like a translational to a pills. Maybe that's why I'm equating to a pills, right? Because it has, like, okay, let's look at what makes a pills 
and then let's do an American ale that mimics that, right? So instead of using continental hops, we're using American hops, and it's a little more tropical and a little more citrusy than spicy. But I think there's a little bit of spice at the end there. It keeps hitting me on the tongue. And then, like, okay, how can we use pale malt and kind of make it seem like a pilsner? Because this one does have a little more breadiness to it the more I drink it. This one's, you know, this isn't a mega complex beer, but because it's kind of a, a new treatment on it, mm-hmm. it, this is kind of thing that, like, I get into trying to figure out and talk about and, you know, come to a some sort of conclusion and consensus with Greg to to, to get inside that brewer's head, <laughs> to know what he was thinking. It's... She, to know what she or he were thinking. All these websites are weird. Especially, you know, now places don't really have, a lot of these, you know, smaller breweries don't have big websites, so it's hard to find stuff. Um, They just say it's, you know, 16 ounces or draft, 4.9% alcohol volume. That's it. They don't really have much about this. All of their... This is industrial arts brewing, so all their beers are like torque wrench, warehouse wrench, power tools, safety glasses. Uh-huh. So okay, that's something I want to talk about in the post show. Like, are web pages becoming like less? Im- are they? Uh, I think they definitely are coming less important, especially for things like this. But yeah, you know, when you have so many different aggregators for the, your data anyway, yeah. there's no point in. Dare I say, are they becoming irrelevant? You know, like like breweries are just going with Facebook pages and Twitter. And like, yeah, we used to be web team, webmaster people, right? <laughs> that was our bread and butter. Everyone needs a brochure, basic web page. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, as you should expect, how these things, you know, these things will change in time sure. in terms of how how they're used. Yeah, I don't want to get too deep into it now, but we'll try to remember to talk about the post show and see. If you- Stirs up anything interesting. So this this doesn't really blow you out with hops like some of them, you know, the session IPA style tries to do. It, it's really just trying to be a light, refreshing beer. But, I, I uh, like the the hopping edge on this, right? It keeps mm-hmm. it from... Yeah, it's, it it's there. It, it keeps it from being a boring blonde or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this is... This is barbecue beer. This is picnic beer. This is... It's hoppy enough to notice. It's hoppy enough that people who don't like bitter things probably, you know, who were like, oh, I don't like bitter, will probably say it's too bitter. So that that is something to note, right? This one is apparently bitter, right? Mm-hmm. This one, you know. yeah. We, we've always been fans of, of going bitter. It, it's... I mean, there there are certain instances like in, in uh, New England IPAs where we tend to think that the less bitter you go, the better. And and mm-hmm. but we've ne- we've never been like afraid of it. Mm-hmm. So right, we appreciate that. But if you don't appreciate that, this is probably not a good beer for you. But if you do, but you want something like light and refreshing, this works well because it's really very like it's not heavy at all. I think why I keep equating this to a pilsner is because, excuse me, the the hopping and kind of makes me think of Prima Pills from Victory. Okay. And I think just because there's kind of a a relationship there, it's making me think... Because Prima Pills is a very hoppy, much more hoppy than a, a German Pills. And I think just because I'm finding a relationship between those two, it's dragging me into Pilsnerville. Mm. Well, our next beer... I think we should go dank. I was looking for carton because I was really. Uh, we had that one carton. It was great. I wanted to find more carton. When I found carton in the store, that it was from like February. I was like, "Damn it!" And then, as I was going, <laughs> one of the ones that wasn't in the cooler okay. was in uh, April. So I said, "Okay, cool." Um, Shane also bought one of these. We had them. We had one of it at his house. It's pretty dank. It is not. A hazy. <laughs> okay. So this is IDIPA. I-D-I-P-A. So apparently it's a double IPA. What's, mm-hmm. the, what's the initial I stand for? 
do we know? <clears throat> IDAPA. India Double India Pale Ale. <laughs> Imperial Double India Pale Ale. 7% alcohol by volume. 70 IBU. <laughs> okay, here's from here's their description. Not much to analyze about IDIPA. <laughs> Sometimes you just crave a dank IPA to sip on, so that's what we made. Not much to analyze. Well, we are the show that analyzes things. That might be a problem here, Carton. You're on notice. All right, this beer is a kind of a coppery, golden, like, haze to it. Not hazy, but kind of like the hot polyphenol type haze, I would say. Um, almost like a heady or something like that. So the last one, Industrial Arches in New York. This is from uh, Stratford, Connecticut. Carton Brewing. <clears throat> I'm going to wrap my hands around this glass, pump some heat into it, see if I can get the nose to open up on it. So the last one was sort of yellowish in color. This is really uh, bronzish. Bronze is probably a good call. I was calling it copper, but I would, I would revise my opinion to bronze now that you've suggested it. Yeah, a little lighter than, than, than copper. Not hugely hoppy on the nose. Mm. So what's the, the date on this guy? Four twelve. Four twelve. Yeah. So almost two months old. Should still have a good hop to it, but the, yeah, the nose seems pretty closed off. Kind of get a little minty thing, actually. That's the first thing that's kind of really coming through. It's wafting away. Okay. I, I wasn't going to go mint. I was going to go more clovery or something like that. But, I mean, it it could be suggested otherwise. Six of one, half dozen the other, I think. Okay, now I'm starting to get a little, a little danky. Danky note. Danky note. <laughs> The, the malt in this one's pretty... I mean, so I, what I'm smelling mostly is kind of caramel malt-type flavors or something. Um, dare I say, even a little bit of marshmallow or something like that. Hmm. Orangey. There's a pithy, little pithy. little... something floral in there too almost like um daffodils or something like that gets pretty dank um bitter at the end there's a lot of malt under here to to keep it there's a little bit of circus peanuts in there too no a little bit Blendy blend. All right. Now we blendy blend. Because <laughs> like peanut that comes from yeast. Do you think they use a? a... I, I'm not saying it's the same. I'm not saying it's the same origin. I'm saying what I tasted. I, I I didn't say it the first time, but when it came back even more apparent to me, I had to say it. But let me taste the blendy blend and see mm. what we get. No, I'm not picking up that. I'm I'm looking for it. I'm actively looking for it. I, I, I taste it, it less after the blendy blend. Uh, it's liver because we kind of opened up and there's yeah. more foam is up. So now it feels a little more. So that that kind of orange orange pith kind of actually went a little bit lemony for me that last sip because it seemed a little bit livelier, a little bit sharper. I'm not sure if I would necessarily go dank with what I'm tasting. Like, I'm not getting that, like, traditional Simcoe. I'm getting more Centennial. Yeah, well, I think that is, this is a dank Centennial, right? I, I think okay. that they're not going Amarillo, Tomahawk dankness. They're just kind right. of, they're, they're, they're overdoing the, you know, Centennial can go dank if you just you know, mm-hmm. dump a whole bunch into it and just let the alpha acids yeah, fly. Yeah, I suppose you're right. I 
I'm kind of settling into this one. It's getting a little more cozy for me. Like I like the texture. It's a little scratchy. It's almost, almost a little bit of that lupulin burn on your tongue. It's a little just close. Barely. It's close. It, I, I like, I like carton. Carton seems to be able to craft things that are interesting, uh, even when they shouldn't be. So, like a, a beer like this, a big dank kind of could be bitter bomb is much more interesting in this form than I think would yeah. would normally be. I mean, and this that... reminds me of like a an impure. So another thing, this is a double IPA. Mm-hmm. What's the ABV on this? Only seven. Oh, it's only seven. Okay, because I'm like I was going to be like, it reminds me of you know what you think of kind of phase one double IPA, mm-hmm. but without the booziness. Right. Well, it is dialed down to seven, so that might explain part of it. But I kind of like how it has that kind of saturative centennial type flavor yeah. to it. A nice malt backbone. It is a bit of a throwback in flavor presented. But it's not like it's not pushing me away. It's not it's not giving me something that's it's so dank that I feel kind of overwhelmed by it. It's not my favorite style that you know, going this dank, so I'm not like Sure, I, I love it, but I think this is a well-crafted version of this that I can appreciate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty much straight up in citrus. You know, the flavors I'm getting off of this are mostly orange, a little bit of pith, kind of goes lemony occasionally. It's I'm not tasting like anything that's phase three. I'm not tasting anything tropical really. Um, and you know, like you know, I think maybe my palate has the dankometer, dankometer turned down uh tonight because i i really am having a hard time considering this one dank but i like it i do like i do like how they're presenting to what to me is kind of a a throwback to a really good double centennial Mm -hmm. you know i just i think this is and i don't know if there's centennial in here i don't know if you read the hops off Uh, multiple hops multiple lots oh even multiple yeasts so okay. it's possible they could have put a yeast, uh, <laughs> circus peanut, a yeast circus in peanut yeast in there, but eh. after the blend, I never got back to that. That was the carton idipa, or idipa, or idipa, idi, idipa. It's the idipa. Idipa. All right. So where are we going next? You want to do the saison? Sure. Or do you want to do the uh, dry hopped pills? I go with the Saison. All right. So this is a this is from Perennial Artisan, who we've definitely done on the show before. Saison. Yikes! Ooh, it's a it's, it's a, an immediate gush. It's a gusher from a can. I, I popped the lid, and the, you know the little recession on the can was immediately. Filled with foam. <laughs> it didn't quite overflow, but it did spurt around a bit. You need to get one of those high-speed phantom cameras for that. There you go. 5% alcohol by volume. Uh, they use a Saison yeast. Uh, they use chamomile flowers. Oh, really? <sighs> what? You're not a fan of chamomile? Not so much. I love saisons, but uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how the flowers play in this guy. Yo, this tea is delicious. What'd you say? It was? Do you have like black flecks floating in your no foam? I got two. Oh, you know what? I thought I saw some funk on the rim of the can. Let me fish these guys out. The the head on this one. It's funny because I poured the first thing when the can was starting to gush. And I got this like really light, almost like a meringue type head. Mm-hmm. And then Greg's is like just cirrus clouds. Like just like really thin coating <laughs> of, the, of, the, of the beer. There's a, there's a corn husk, a distinctly corn husk like aroma that I'm smelling. Um, that I know that that's the case because I just recently uh, cooked some corn at home. So mm-hmm. okay, actually, when I did the so one of the techniques we use to open up the aroma on the beer is we will take the glass, which we're using a snifter, a stemmed snifter type glass, tulip 
more technical, I guess this is more accurately a tulip. Put it in your other hand. Tilt the glass until the beer is like an inch from the rim. So the glass is tilted at like 30 degrees. Or no, 60 from upright. And then you just rotate the glass. So the foam and the beer coats all the glass. And then when you smell it, it opens up a lot. I'm getting... You know, she mentioned corn husk. When I did the whole twisty turn thing, I was getting like like sweet cooked corn, like sweet corn on the cob. Like, you know, not so much the husk, but actually like sweet corn. Okay. And the chamomile flower is coming through pretty strong in the aroma. I wouldn't call, I wouldn't have recognized chamomile, but there's something that's really flowery in the aroma. I would have probably gone pollen slash honey of some sort. I would have said wildflower. I might even put a little bit of like a blend of buckwheat. You know, that's kind of, you know, I'm kind of like trying to jive with what you told me versus what I'm smelling and trying to meld the two together. This is less a farmhouse saison. You know, it doesn't really have a Brett character to it. It's more of a spicy, um, Mm-hmm. You know, spicy floral saison. They're more. It's more focusing on, on bringing those. There's big, yeah, yeah. The, the flavor is interesting because it at big phenolic, almost like a Franz's Connor, like type of phenolicness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I think Franz's Connor is probably a good um, benchmark to yeah. start walking out from because there's a lot in common with Franzi, right? You're getting a big wheat character with a little bit of mm-hmm. wheat zing, lots of pepperiness to it. So it almost seems like that's the base, or at least a good place to start. And then from there, that chamomile flower comes through pretty strongly. It's it's not as honey-like as I smelled in the aroma. In the flavor, it's more petal-like. Maybe a little bit pollen-like. I like that it finishes nice and dry. Uh, it doesn't linger too much there's a little yeah there's a little kind of honey sort of a clover honey kind of residual not really getting chamomile too much um more getting just you know belgian esters okay it's nice it's 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 not my favorite type of saison like i prefer the more rustic Mm -hmm. ones but it works i mean i think it I think it fits, right? I mean, because what else are you going to call this, right? I think you do call it a saison. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I definitely prefer the more rustic ones. Yeah, I would like it to be like a more minerally. I have a little mm-hmm. bit more of yes. a, of a with you. Uh, granite or limestone kind of quality right. to it. Where if you think of Francis Connor, right, it's not mineral at all. It's right. really soft in the body, mm-hmm. full, kind of like a sweet, sweet tone to the whole thing. And, you know, kind of, a Franzi kind of minimizes that wheat zing as well, right? So you don't even get too much tartness from the wheat. It's night two of savor, did you know that? I did, yeah. Huh. And the playoff, the Stanley Cup Finals game is at the... Oh, right across. The Verizon yeah. Center. So can you imagine, like, you're trying to get the savor and you got, like, all these Caps fans going to see <laughs> the Golden Knights play? Yeah, the the, the 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 finish is is more honey than anything else. I think that that is the quality that that sticks around. So it's a rustic honey, though. That's I mean, yes. You, so you, so you mentioned you like your saison's more rustic. Yeah, this one didn't really doesn't qualify in that kind of barnyard rustic type way or that minerally rustic type way. But kind of a redeeming factor is the honey type flavor is pretty complex. Yes, it's not a it's not a processed, sweet yeah. orange blossom honey. It's not even a wildflower honey, you know. It's a, it's something that is just more interesting. Gives you kind of a darker, deeper tone mm-hmm. to it. So that's definitely a redeeming factor that makes this beer not this you know sweet ester bomb. So do we go with the upside down one, or do we go with the citra hop, the demogorgon, in the upside down? Oh yes, of course. Yes, I do get it, unfortunately. 
Uh, let's do the Citra one. Then we'll do a palate cleanser, and then we can finish with the Trinity. All right, so Gary sent us a couple of these. The Booth... Yeah, the Booth Brewing. These labels just throw me out of whack. They are I crazy. I cannot find the company This name. is the Eureka Soul Citra Hop Ale. It is, yes. Uh, so Seoul being uh, like like Korea, Seoul, Korea. Uh, by combining the city of Seoul's passion for flavor with the freshest hops on the West Coast, the Booth Signature Hop Ale is forged. Um, its dazzling golden hue will make you shout, Eureka! Eureka! Eureka, it's Citra. Um... <laughs> Galaxy, <laughs> uh, Motueka. This, this is a this is a haze boy, yeah. right? Uh, so it poured murky. The head is non-existent. I mean, it there's a little bit of bubbles around the edge of the glass where, like the you know surface tension meets the glass, and it is just April nineteenth. Murk. So city. again, about a, a month. A little bit, a little bit more than a month, just a bit. Wow. Okay. This, so this one, um, you know, when we were doing the the iripa from Carton, right? Mm-hmm. It was really closed off on the aroma, and it was you know five days older than this one. Mm-hmm. And you smell this one, and it's just bursting with with hop aroma. This is all Citra, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so Citra lives up to its name, gives you kind of the citrus orange. Mostly orange with a little bit of grapefruit mixed in and maybe a touch of lemon. And I've seen some applications of citra where like super citra can kind of actually go like oniony. Like yes, and, and I'm getting some. I'm getting some dortiness or onioniness. I think it's more onion than doughty right now. Okay. I, I'm kind of getting like pithy. I'm not getting quite into the sulfury onion quite yet on the nose. We just don't want to yeah. blend necessarily yet, sure. but I want to just. Oh, yeah, the same. same. Yeah, pretty much the same. Okay, well, I mean, the color is light bronze, uh, but hazy, <laughs> murky. Not quite. Yeah, yeah, murky. Not quite in the like heading towards white, like some of the. Mm. Um, Mm-hmm. True northeast, I suppose. Right. So moving on to the flavor, first thing I noticed about this most notable thing is it's kind of aqueous, kind of watery, and it brings it brings hot flavor too. I was just kind of surprised by the wateriness. There's a little almost like grittiness to it because of that wateriness and and, and the and the carbonation. Mm-hmm. And there could be. I mean, this thing with that smell, this thing could be like super dry hop, right? So you might get some of that yeah. scratchy grittiness from. Dry hopping. I'm I, happy. I, I'm sorry. I'm pleased to note that it doesn't really go into dank citra oniony notes. Uh, at least not. It goes into Pithville. Yeah. But it doesn't go to Onionville, for sure. Onion Town. <laughs> I guess I'm channeling my Guy Fieri tonight. <laughs> Donkey sauce. Um. I would say this thing is definitely like hop burst and dry hop right at the end because you're getting some that kind of grit and that kind of like super intense, you know, bright citra pith uh, right on the top, right on the end of this beer. And uh, it seems it seems pretty fresh. It seems pretty like right off the right off the line, which is pretty good for almost two months old. And being a haze, no head, you know, no yeah. shelf life type beer. I just recently had, uh, I got a growler of the Penn uh, Brewing Northeast IPA. Oh, they have one? I they have one, okay. and it's not a hazy IPA. It, it, it's more like... <laughs> I guess it's more close close to what the alchemist is doing than uh-huh. anything else. Right. I think they're trying to get a real fresh and, and mm-hmm. just you know get all hoppers, the, the yeah. hoppers. But it's not like what we would expect. This yeah. wasn't. Okay. Hey, I was really surprised by how almost clear it was. It wasn't Did totally clear. Did you get clear. that at Penn or do you? No, I got else? it at uh, a Giant Eagle. I got a growler of it at Giant Eagle. Okay. 
And I was I was considering getting another one to bring it down just so we could like have it on the show. Yeah. I didn't love it, but like just so we could have it on the show. But yeah. it was too late. No way. Right. No. That's that's curious. Right. But a couple things that Penn's doing a Northeast IPA that it's not a murky. Right. And that they put it out in the market. Yeah. You figure they would do that at the pub. And I haven't been to the pub in the last couple of weeks, but I'm surprised I missed it. Like, I'm surprised it wasn't trialed at the pub. Like, they have a double IPA called Parking Chair. It's a Pittsburgh thing. People put park, put yes. people put kitchen chairs out in their parking spaces in the south side uh, so you don't park in their spots. Because they were all the parkings on the street. There's no parking lots or anything yeah. like that. So they have a beer called Parking Chair, which is great if you're a local. It's, it's so such a good name. Uh, but that one's you know, that one's like a phase two, right? Like that's like big up double IPA, and not even West Coast. That's like an East Coast phase two, so it's not even that aggressive. Mm. Um, so I'm surprised that they. I'm surprised that Northeast IPA from Penn made it out the Giant Eagle. That just shocks me. Um, and it wasn't what I was expecting, and I don't know. Maybe under a microscope, it would have been maybe either appreciated more or. Had more to say about it. Right. But anyway. But just drinking it while you're doing something else. Yeah, it didn't. Less than uh, exciting. Didn't, it didn't excite me. It didn't like go, whoa. Look, a baby elephant. You know, that was really rude to us last week. <laughs> well. Really. I mean, he had a note with the F word in it. <laughs> These guys. These elephants, I mean, they are getting like, you know... Well, they do have long memories. Yes, they have long memories, and let's face it, humans have not been great to them. Regardless, <laughs> this guy is coming, and he's coming out to me, and, and he wants a peanut. Do you have a peanut? I got a circus peanut. Okay, well, look, he won't know. Okay. Uh, uh, he's not liking the circus peanut. He no, gave, no. At least he gave me what he had in his, in his trunk. Yeah, you eat that elephant. Now he's going to come back with an F word again. Uh, go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon when you want to shop. That's all it says. That's all it says. Hey, look, he has a box on his back. Does that have Amazon tape on it? It does. Okay. Look, yeah. Here's the box. There you go. All right. Crap. Rip, rip. <laughs> rip noise. Yeah. <laughs> rip noise, rip noise. All right. Oh, wow. There's all kinds of stuff in this box. What's in there? Tell I me. mean, there's like... There's like pantry items like um, granola. Uh huh. And there's. Oh, it's one like, of those tubes of like pesto. Yeah. And there's electronics. Um, like there's a. Oh, there's like a, an iPod touch in here. <laughs> yeah, I think it was wow. refurbished. I, I don't know. Okay. Um, what else is in here? Oh, look, there's shoes. Look, here's a pair of shoes. And a Whoa. nice pair of, you know. Oh, wow. These are great. You know, I'm a, I'm a 40 year old white guy, right? So, like, oh, New Balance shoes. These are perfect. <laughs> these are awesome. Okay, and um, what else is in here? You see anything else in this? Oh box? yeah, there's wow, that's weird. There's like electric pieces of electronics. There's LEDs, like just I mean, oh, there's yeah. all types yeah. of stuff. There's there's sponges. Z- wow, there's a lot of stuff you can get. What's this? Oh, yeah, put that away. Oh, okay, <laughs> you can get anything on Amazon. And if you go to craftbeerradio.com/amazon instead of just going directly to Amazon, then some of that money will go to us, even though you'll pay exactly the same amount. Oop, that's the wrong slider. That's not turning down the uh, audio. There we go. <laughs> All right. So we are drinking the Citra Hop from the booth. This is a, an enjoyable. Yeah, it's enjoyable beer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know we talk about this whole how apparently bitter beers are. This one's on the more bitter side. Yes. You know, so the you know if you're loving the hazes. That are kind of creamsicle-y, this one isn't quite what you're looking for. But it has a nice texture to it, I think. A uh, little bit different, a little bit more sandpapery than you're used to from this sort of thing. But mm-hmm. it still goes in an interesting direction that that's not like... I love how bright it is, how it tastes like it's, you know, just off the line. Mm-hmm. You know? And, you know, a beer should last two months. But, you know, we've found that some of these styles don't carry for that long. I mean, it it's... Shane has has been ever since I told him about this when I was over him, he's been like telling me constantly about now that he's looking at at Veer Aid, it makes all the difference in the world, mm-hmm. and it is true. It's, it's it's something that 
we only recently kind of stumbled into realizing. But if you want the best product, you have to get the freshest. Yeah, beer. yeah. And it, it's sometimes it's gonna be you're gonna have to talk to your retailers and tell them. I'm I'm sorry this beer is three months old. I'm not going to buy it. And this is where... If you don't tell them that, it's not going to change things, right? You're just going to yeah. have a hard time finding a fresh beer. Well, this is where the difference the difference really comes between, you know, your your mega sellers of, of beer, your giant eagles, whatever, and the, you know, your boutique stores. Boutique stores will care. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's where I think the boutique stores can, can put their line to sell. And I want to make sure that I'm not taking out of context here. Not every beer only lasts two months. Yes. Right? There are plenty of styles of beer. A brown ale, six months, fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pilsner, four months, probably okay. Imperial Stout, year and a half, great. Get it. Um, But if you're drinking hops, if you're drinking the IPAs, the hazes, you know, you got to look at those dates and, you know... I won't buy some of my favorite IPAs if they're more than a month and a half, two months old. It makes a big difference, and you take just taste them side by side. If you if you aren't sure, see if you can find one that's old and one and one that's young in the same store, and just taste them, and you you will be surprised at the difference if you are if you don't believe. <laughs> and if you want to be a little more blind about it, get. Two of one and one of the other, and have someone serve them to you blind, and see if you can tell the difference amongst the three, mm-hmm. and figure out which one you think's the freshest, right? Because really, the triangle taste is a good way to go. Mm. It's a good way to do a blind. Because if you just give two, like if you give three, like people can might say like, oh, I can tell the difference if it's you know so old or whatnot. Um, but if you give them three, where two are exactly the same and one's different. It'll really show if there's a difference they can mm. pick up. All right. So, this is a Pilsner from Peak Organic. I had to find where. Uh, Fresh Cut. There it is. Fresh Cut Peak Organic. It's 4.6 alcohol by volume with 38 IBU. Peak Organic has been around for a. since we've been doing the show. Mm-hmm. And I remember back in the day. Organic was kind of code word for substandard beer. Yeah, well, especially there was like Otter Creek. And Peak. And Peak. Peak was making stuff that was like not as good as other beer. Well, so here, so this is, they call it a dry hop Pilsner. And here's another interesting fact. This is a Pilsner where, okay, guess what hop they're using. It's a Pilsner, guess what hop they're using. Can you give me like a, a clue of like, how conventional or unconventional? Unconventional. Unconventional. Okay. Um I will go. I haven't smelled it. I haven't tasted it. I will give I'll give you a guess now. Mm-hmm. I will give you a guess after I smell it. Okay. My guess right now would be um oh it's so hard to be hops. I don't know. I'm gonna go with something easier. Let's go with um just go with mosaic. Okay. All right. Now I'm going to take a smell. Kind of unconventional for a. Yeah, that's pretty. It's unconventional that's for a really, that'd be really. But I could see it. All right. So now I'm smelling it. So what I'm smelling is I'm smelling a light pilsner, but there's like a floral bouquet over top of it. It's kind of reminding me of the chamomile from the Saison a little mm-hmm. bit. Hops really aren't that potent. What I might be getting mm-hmm. is okay. some, a little bit of Simcoe, actually. So you can write that down for my smell guess. Now mm-hmm. let me take a taste guess. So, so uh, aroma was mosaic. No, a ro- mosaic was... Oh, just guess. Just, just guess. guess. Yes, market guess. Yeah. Simcoe aroma. is aroma guess. And flavor... Guess is I think I'm gonna go with Simcoe still. Still going with Simcoe. I I think I am. It's a light application of Simcoe. 
I'm getting something that's kind of a little bit resiny on there, little bit piney, but also like a, a blood orange or something like that. Resiny is the right answer. This okay. is Chinook. Chinook, okay. Unconventional for a Pilsner, for sure. Yeah. Um, I taste it. It it's resiny. It has little sappy notes. Uh, it it didn't really come through in the aroma so much. What I, I was I, I thought the aroma was lighter than I expected. I was thinking Chinook. Hmm, that's interesting. And then I taste it. And it's like okay, I see where that comes from. I don't know if I would have been, been able to pull it out, yeah. but knowing it, yeah, I don't think it's a it's a easy pull for sure. But, I mean, if you think of Simcoe hops, I mean, when you taste this, are you, you kind of see where I'm coming from? Yeah, but, but what's interesting is that this is not a typical Pilsner at all, right? This this is very... Uh, I think that the um, Tools the, of the Trade, tools of the trade yeah. was more Pilsnery <laughs> than this beer. Or at least had, had more of the, the things we're looking for in a Pilsner, right? Which mm-hmm. is that, that, that freshness and that kind of... Um, Oh, uh, there was a little bit more of the the malt character on this one is is softer and more bready, where the pilsner kind of had that sharp crack to it, that spice to mm-hmm. it. And then I think that you know, granted, this is Chinook and not a as a, a continental hop, but you know, when you think of a pilsner, you think of the whole picture. And I think the tools of the trade had a more of a continental type character to it. Yeah, it's a. Now, for being, this doesn't taste like a, a 2006 organic beer. Right. This doesn't taste like a watery one Well, we, be... we, we've said before that, the, you know, the, the organics you know, went, got yeah. past that. They yes. got past the, it's, yeah, it, it's less beer and more water or whatever it was that, that was going on. Where it just felt less quality. They, they've gotten past that point. And... I think this beer, I mean, the ingredients taste full. The beer tastes put together. This is another mild drinker, lawnmower, barbecue. This is too full, like in, in, in hoppiness for me to, to, oh, you think? Can, to, to, me to yeah, think of it as a Pilsner. It, it just, it doesn't. Okay. I want I want crisp when okay. I think right. Pilsner. Step back from Pilsner and just let's, let's talk about the beer. Okay, it's not a pils. Okay, it, we got that. Yeah. Now, what about the beer? Okay. To me, this is another, what about the beer? To me, this is another lawnmower barbecue beer. Right, this is a blonde with some good hop character to it. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. I can see like yeah, a, a hoppy blonde in a more bitter kind of mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that's where I'm putting it. Yeah, bitter, hoppy, blonde. I mean, you could have switched this in Tools of the Trade, and and we would have... It would have made more sense we, to we, us. We would have probably thought that the Tools of the Trade was a fresh cut, and the fresh cut was a Tools of the Trade. Yeah, I yeah, mean, this is an extra pale ale. Yeah. The other one was hoppy pills. <laughs> right. I'm with you on that. Okay. So that was Peak Organics. Like I said, much improved from like some of the first peaks that we've had. Mm-hmm. So our final uh, beer of the night is from Trinity. This one <coughs> was uh, canned on April 23rd, and they say, drink fresh. This one's awesome because, well, first off, it's an East Coast Turbid IPA. <laughs> so... We were having, you know, Greg and I have been having this argument about the difference between Northeast IPAs and hazies and things like that. We still haven't reconciled our differences on that. But, you know, Turbid IPA, I love how they embrace, like, the the murk. Mm-hmm. I also love how they put the label on the can upside down. Right. So when the beer is sitting... So we talked about this before. Uh, there's a brewery in Austin called Live Oak, and they make a wonderful Hefeweizen. And well, I, you like it a lot more than I do. Okay, I think that they make a wonderful Hefeweizen. And John, Ru- the beerists, and John Ruby are out of Austin, and he mentioned a story to me where like they prefer their Hefeweizen cans be stored in the fridge upside down so the yeast settles. So when you pour it, you get more of that yeast into your bottle without having to, or into your glass without having to do extraordinary measures of swirling and rotating and whatnot. 
so I think they were kicking around the idea of printing the labels upside down. Now this one's a sticker label, but they put it on the can upside down. So this whole is we didn't keep it in the fridge upside down because it was still in a six pack holder. Mm-hmm. So it was right side up. So that's on they need to make six pack holders that can grab the bottom of a can. That's, <laughs> right. That's step one. But for the, I do like those, you know, plastic six pack holders that you can remove stuff and put stuff back into mm-hmm. it. Those are nice. Yep. Um, so we've been keeping it upside down for the duration of the show here. So well, there, there's a thing that. on here that says, uh, place in a paint can shaker for 10 minutes before opening. Paint can shaker. <laughs> you know what? Have you ever gone to like a home yeah, store yeah. and seen a paint can shaker? Yes. That would make the can probably burst its, uh, crimp. If you shook <laughs> it for 10 minutes. I mean, it's a vigorous shake, right? It, yeah. I would expect like... The pressure would build up and the can would burst its lid. Yes, I, I think that. So, it, it, but if they wanted shaken here, I, I think am they shaking. definitely wanted to be like, yeah. J- Jeff is not crazily shaking. He's I'm just doing. Moving. I'm doing that sarcastic, you know, here and drink yourself off type type motion right yes. now. Yes. So. <laughs> All right, it gushed a little bit, but I just shook the damn yes, thing. Yes, you shook so. it, so it, it, you expect it to gush. Uh. It is brewed with mandarin oranges, so there's an extra bit on there. I think that's tangerine zest as well. Uh, adds to that is that is a murky thing. It's no, it's a northeast turbid IPA. <laughs> now I can't. So now this is the only problem with these upside down labels. Now if I want to read the label, I have to turn the can upside down. It's going to leak all over the table. Well, what I do like is this is not a misprint they have right no, at the top, yeah, yeah. so that. Uh, mm-hmm. And it says, proper can enjoyment mechanics, please correctly orient label and read before opening. <laughs> so they want you they want you at least to flip it upside down before you open, which at least mixes, mm-hmm. does some yeah. mixing. So good for them. And Greg's yeah. making a giant mess. I'm not I I got a drop. A, a drop. It's a giant mess. <laughs> you poured beer all over my hand in the pre-show. I got a drop on my paper, and you're like, oh my god, giant mess. I'm just mentioning the deficiencies of the upside down label, which I'm a fan of, by the way. All right, so beer, yeah, this. Oh, look at all the the gunk that has settled to the bottom of the glass. Yeah, this. Like, wow, <laughs> there's chunks of yeast that just lay in there. And you know, we're gonna have to get the harbor dredge out, and, and probably you out. know tangerine zest, and I mean all, all that stuff that's in there. So this is not just Reinheimskabut. There's other stuff in here. Yeah, so you get a little bit of tangerine, citrus, orange juice Lots type of the, aroma. Yeah, the oil, especially like the I'm oil. Getting, like I'm getting kind of a car, the chamomile flower from the Saison. I'm smelling some of that still. Not in the second sip. The second sip is more zesty for sure. It's you like sipped a, already? Our second sniff. Okay. The nose sip. The nose sip. My second nose sip. 6.4% 70 IBU. And this is the hype for hype forager from Trinity. I'm pretty sure we haven't had a beer from Trinity before. It's almost as if be <laughs> oh my God. because Thanks, it's like Scotty. hype, but it's not. But I don't know. I mean, I haven't heard of this one, so I think Trinity has a reputation. This might be a whale. Okay. We're going to the flavor. This one's also fairly aqueous. Has a little bit of um, juice, like orange juice. It's kind of like that orange juice that uh, is more... How do I want to describe it? This feels more Rattler-like. Yeah, I guess you're right. That's a good way to put it. I'll just abandon my previous exploration and go with the Rattler. I think that this feels... Oh, yeah, there's like a grapefruit thing going in. Mm-hmm, but there's an you know, orange... I mean, it, was it mandarin orange that was in here? Um, back oh, on. I get it now. Yeah, so... Yeah, there's juices... Oh, my. What's that? Brewed with flour. Well, that, that's how you get turbidness, yeah. Not everybody gets turbidness from actually adding no, flour no. to it. The the lesser respected brewery. Yes. Who admit it. 
extra juicy mandarin oranges plus unfiltered hype. Uh, hop bursted, double dry hopped, and aged on tangerine zest with all the key phrases. Uh, well, you know, they, they kind of set out to make a hype bomb. Yes, yeah. So, so yeah, but it, it, I was surprised they actually put flour in here. Uh, the, they say the grist well, is... Uh, I, I think, you know, if they weren't doing an ironic beer, they might not have. Maybe. But, yeah, like, so, like... We look at what, at what they what's on their grist bill. Pills in golden naked oats, flaked wheat, and caramel. I mean... But what I'm thinking... Especially since this is a very ironic beer, a very ironic label, is that you know you got the hazies, mm-hmm. then you got the guys who put flour in beer, and from my point of view, I could be easily wrong, but from my point of view, that's kind of like a, a shitty shortcut to do a hazy. So maybe these guys embraced that and just did it anyway, to <laughs> and, and actually right, put yeah. it on the label, right? right? Yeah. Uh, and they say their beers are consciously vegan, so no, no, no animals were, no animal ingredients. Oh, thank God they didn't put icing glass in this to clarify the beer. <laughs> this, yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff in here. It's so much that I don't know, like how much to to accept was on the label. They'd say pair with the tears of new millennial fanboys. <laughs> This is a big middle finger to Hayes. This is totally a big middle finger to Hayes, and yet it it it's a hazy fear that I'm enjoying. So I don't, I don't know. Yep, we got the new millennial fanboy there carrying some helium balloons of hearts, and I don't know—is that a troll? I don't know. Yeah, this is a confusing beer. This isn't the greatest beer. It. It's, no, but I'm enjoying it. I think that that's. I'm disappointed that the that has that kind of maybe it's the flower. It has this aqueous, thin, yeah, powdery body. Yes, it has. The oranges come through. The oranges are interesting at first when he was giving you a rattler, but now that I'm like halfway through, like just a six ounce sample, you know, it's it's just it seems. It seems flat. Sorry, yes. It seems flat, one-dimensional, uninteresting. It is pretty. It is pretty one-dimensional. But I, in some ways, it seems to be what they're aiming for. I I don't know. It's it's a uh, it it's something. It's going to be a pre-show beer next time, right? <laughs> We have two, yes. Yeah, we have two. They accidentally purchased two. He thought they were... Because one says Hype Forager, and then he turned a little bit, and it says something different. Uh, Super Haze. Yeah, so it looks like a slightly different beer, and I thought it was different. Mm -hmm. But uh, It's okay. Yeah, it's... I think it's a a middle finger to the Flower Hazies, and I don't think they were trying to reinvent the style. I think they were trying to... I think they did a limited run of just a fuck you beer. That's <laughs> what it seems like, doesn't it? Yeah, and based on what's on the label, I, I and, don't and, have an argument. And in the flavor. I mean, it kind of it reminds me of some of those bad single cuts that I've had. <laughs> I mean, the single cut we had last time was pretty decent, but I've why, had some awful I just don't, single I cuts. I don't understand why a brewery would just make a fuck you beer. Like... It just seems like a waste, like a total waste of money. But if you can print money with the Hayes label. <laughs> but but if that affects how people look at your brand. But I kind of, it didn't really sour me on the brand. And if people think this is supposed it didn't, to be you good. didn't sour you on the brand because you got the joke. Right. But but the how many of the new millennial haze boys are going to think that this is a good beer and drink it anyway, even though it's a fuck you? I don't know. It's risky. It's certainly risky. <laughs> we're we're also assuming a lot. We are, but that's kind of what we do. We get the brewer's head. Yeah, yeah. And I I'm I'm pretty con- like I'm more confident than most with this assertion. <laughs> 
Well, of the ratings it has on Untapped, it, it, it it's essentially a four out of five. So it's well, who rates on Untapped? <laughs> Are you saying it's all Hayes boys? I don't know what I'm saying, but I know where I'm ranking that beer. I love I love their attempt, but we don't rank on the marketing. Mm-hmm. We rank on what the beer the beer they produced, mm. and yes, the hype forever, hype forager. It's hard to read this font upside down. The hype forager sure. is last place. It was a weird beer. <laughs> if it wasn't a nephew to Hayes Boys, then what the hell are you thinking? Yeah, and then. I should plan this out before I started talking. I'm gonna put. Hmm. Yeah, I'm having a hard time. I should have thought this out. Probably. But you know, do it live. Do it live. <laughs> no, I'm gonna put the Peak Organic in fifth place. Good choice. <laughs> As I start to clarify my picture. So the Peak Organic was, you know, they call it a dry hopped Pilsner. Yes. The malt didn't come across Pilsnery. Not really. And the hop wasn't very assertive. Not at, Well, it was, it was assertive to me, but it was uh, not Pilsnery right. at all. But yeah, it was that uh, Chinook, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of a Chinooky Simcoe type flavor. I'm going to put the, um, this is, I'm trying to remember what the booth tasted like. Okay, I got that. So, it's weird. The next four beers are really close. None of them were awesome for me. Like, I didn't, none of these are an easy win. Mm. I'm trying to figure out which one didn't lose the least. <laughs> or the most, whichever the way that works. Yeah, it was, it's interesting because the last show we did was a lot like of awesome stuff, and this mm-hmm. is more. This one's like, which one's not the worst? I or, have my, I, no, have my I shouldn't say not the worst. Which one is most interesting mm. out of a group of similar beers? Uh, I'm just gonna kind of throw some darts here. Let's do. So I did like that. I'm gonna put the saison in fourth place. It, it you know, it didn't really have that minerally type character mm-hmm. or that wild type character, that rusty type character. It was a, a finale. I talked about Francis Connor a lot in the review, so it had some neat things going on to it. And kind of that honey character w- was the rustic part of it, but there was it was still like too clean. It was too polished up, and and the flowers kind of made it a little bit on the sweet side. Let's put. The Jesus, I, I'm having such a hard time tonight. Um, put the tools of the trade in third place. I like that beer as a hoppy pilsner. It reminded me a lot of Prima Pils from Victory. I could see it as like kind of a picnic barbecue lawnmower type beer. I could drink that for sure. I'm gonna put the I. D-I-P-A from Carton in second place. I'm not sure about this ranking. I just think that we're... What I liked about this beer is that it seemed like a really solid throwback. They took some older ingredients. They took some... Like... Actually, it says different hops and different yeast. What I tasted was... You're laughing at me, but what am I going to... No, I'm just laughing. It's it's funny. I know. What am I going to... Laughing with you. I'm ranking on my whole imaginary story about this beer, right? And my imaginary story about this beer was they made a beer that tasted like a double IPA Centennial, but it was so smooth and it was pretty drinkable and it, you know, it was kind of this like homage throwback type thing. That's my imaginary story, but that's why I'm ranking it in second place. I'm going to put the the Booth Brewing uh, Citra in first place. Um, this guy had kind of that hop bursted dry hop thing going on and um i think he kind of floated to the top he got lucky (laughs) yeah there's not a great reason i put him in first place okay um 
I have a different ranking than you. I also put Hype Forager in last. Although it may have been like weirdly one of the more enjoyable ones of the night just because of how much fun we were having with, with it. Um, it's not uh, often but, someone will take a risk like that. Yeah, but you know, if you're looking for a, a real uh, Northeast IPA, this is not not a good example. Uh, peak organic. I'm also going to put it in kind fifth of place. explains why they put turbid in the style yeah, description, right? Because like tr- no one's ever used turbid as a positive <laughs> attribute. Uh, peak organic was not a pilsner to me. I mean, it didn't taste like a pilsner. It didn't have any of the things I look for in a pilsner. It may have been called a pilsner. But that was not a pilsner to me. Uh, moreover, it was, I mean, the Chinook thing I didn't go for. I'm not a huge Chinook fan anyway. So already, you know, it you, you have a negative against you. And then I just didn't feel like it followed through. I didn't get what I was expecting, nor mm-hmm. really what I wanted <clears throat> in terms of enjoyment. I'm going to put uh, the booth... In fourth okay. place, um, I think it was fine, um, if not good. But I just thought the other ones had other things going for it that 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 put it ahead of it, like the carton, for example. Which, as you, you know, I think you explained it pretty well. It was sort of a throwback, but it, but it worked. Um, it didn't. It it didn't destroy my taste buds in attempting to do a bitter stuff. Mm-hmm. Probably because it didn't go for like same like Chinook and blah blah blah. Get all resiny and stuff with its with its dankness. It it went for like a a measured dankness, and I sort of appreciated that. Uh, in second place, I really did enjoy the perennial a lot. I thought that even though it was not like the the perfect saison mm-hmm. or the archetypal saison that I would like that I would that would that I would like put on a pedestal, I still enjoyed it, and I uh, especially like the honey stuff that was coming out at the end. But uh, I'm just gonna say the industrial arch was to me the most enjoyable of the night. Even though it's probably the most simple, it was the one that was just super drinkable okay. and uh, and worked worked uh, the best. You know, I I retasted the booth. I don't want you to change rankings or anything, but top three are real close, and I I don't disagree. I think the tools of the trade is a pretty interesting beer, and the, the Citra. It's good. It's good, but you know. I said what I said. I'm going to own it. All right. I'll take all the heat, you know, from all the hate mail that's going to come in. Yes. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this show. It's uh, Sometimes it's really hard to do the show and get rankings that are good. I really do appreciate, though, that you listen to us. Uh, me too. Don't leave me out of this. We, we appreciate. I really don't want to hesitate when I speak for Greg because... You know, sometimes that can go awry. But in this case, we both sincerely appreciate your listenership. And... <laughs> we appreciate your listenership. Yes. It happens at the end of a beer show. Sure, yes, that's true. If you don't want me to slur, let's do a different freaking podcast. Yeah, let's do a whiskey podcast. You want to slur with that? No. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you again for listening. If you would like to shop again, crappyradio.com slash Amazon. If you would like to uh, contact us. <laughs> now you got me doing it. If you'd like to contact us. You can send us email at beer at craftbeerradio.com, uh, greg at craftbeerradio.com, jeff at craftbeerradio.com. Uh, you can send us tweets. The tweets is probably the best way to contact us. Uh, it's, it's very noncommittal. Yes. So we're at Craft Beer Radio. We both have access to that one. I am at CBR Greg. At Jeff Bearer. And our, you can, of course, go to our website and take a look at all of our stuff, including our. Uh, license, which is the Creative Commons license, so you can take a look at that and say, essentially that means you can, you can take your show and play it all you want and you can remix, remix it. it. As long as it's not commercial, you can do whatever you want with it. Uh, and Just think about all the words we've ever said. You could like basically make an AI of Greg or I. Yes. And just say whatever you want. Why you would want to do that, I have no idea. But you could. Uh... 
Is there anything else? I think that's kind of it. What are we listening to? This is Empire State of Mind by Jay-Z featuring Alicia Keys. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Sorry for being slurry. I really... I don't like it when I get there. Okay. It's surprising because it was not all high alcohol. <laughs> now I'm doing it, too. It was not a lot of high alcohol beers today, but... Uh, sometimes... Doesn't matter. It's a hazard. Hazard of the job. Mm.